0: Welcome back to Cities Speak. I'm Clarence Anthony, your host and CEO and executive director of the National League of Cities. This is our first Cities Speak podcast in 2023. And we are so fortunate and lucky to be joined in person by an amazing local leader who was also just recently elected our new president of the National League of Cities. Folks, today we are so honored to have with us Mayor Victoria Woodards of Tacoma, Washington. Y'all, I am so honored to welcome to Cities Speak Mayor Victoria Woodards, the President of the National League of Cities and Mayor of Tacoma, Washington. Welcome, Mayor.
1: Thank you, Clarence, it is an honor to be joining you. Um, And it's even more of an honor to be joining you in person um to be right here at NLC where the work really gets done on behalf of cities towns and villages across the country so delighted to be here looking forward to this conversation i want to make one small correction i am the 39th mayor we haven't had 49 mayors yet but if i should come back Ooh. and be the 49th mayor I, <laughs> that'd be okay with me but somehow i think i'll be long gone when that number comes up but uh, such an honor to be here with you today
0: well thank you so much and i appreciate that so Let's kick off things. Just tell me somewhat, uh, something about your story of how you got to be uh, in public service and your background.
1: Well, you know, as you talk to mayors or elected officials across the country, you find that we all have a different path that got us to where we are. Um, some people planned it, some people inherited it, um, some people ran into it, um, some people had no idea like me and just ended up here. Um, but but for me, um, my story is is one that probably is fairly common in that um, I just wanted to be of service. I mean I think if you talk to elected officials across the country, most of us get into this work because we wanna make our communities Better, and so um, in high school I worked in community. I'm um, out of high school. I thought I would go see the world, and I joined the U.S. Army and ended up stationed right back at Fort Lewis, Washington, in my own town. And so spent three years in the army serving my country, but then wanted to get out and thought if I'm going to be at home, I might as well be at home. Um, and got out and went to work in corporate America for a while, and then decided I wanted to go back to school because I hadn't gotten my college degree, and it was while I was. Um, while I was taking colleges at night that I got that phone call that I think changed the trajectory of my life. And that phone call was from one of my church members who said, Tom Dixon at the Urban League, Tom Dixon was the founding CEO of the Tacoma Urban League. She said, Tom Dixon's looking for an assistant. And I said, good for Tom Dixon, I'm not looking for a job. I was going to school at night, living with my mother, you know, living with my parents. It was a great gig, working a little bit during the day in my late 20s. Who doesn't want that kind of lifestyle? But, you know, I interviewed with her and uh, I interviewed, I said I'd take the interview and I interviewed with Tom Dixon and the entire board and um, after four different interviews, I finally accepted the job and that really is how I formalized my commitment to service and basically how I met most of the people that I either knew now know um, or who were leaders in the community before I even came onto the scene and so that's where I met Harold Moss um, who later became my father but Harold Moss was the first African-American city council member Mayor and county council member. And I met Harold there and went to go and Harold offered me a job after five years at the Urban League. And I, you know, after a lot of contemplation took the job. And, and that's how I got into policy and I'll be honest I never thought even working in policy I always liked being behind the person who was out front but I never wanted to be the face of the work um, I liked being able to call up another office and say hey this is Victoria Woodard from Harold Moss's office you understand Yeah. you get to use your boss's name but, but you're not necessarily responsible for all the things that an elected official is responsible for and so um, as Harold retired and people kept talking to me I thought well if I ever want to do anything maybe a parks commissioner because in my city um, parks commissioners are elected and sure enough I said that out loud and two days later a position opened up on the park board so I took that as a sign be careful what you say when you put it out there God will give it back to you at least for me or the universe whatever you call it will give it back to you and he did and I accepted and went on from the park board to the same kind of similar situation happened um, on when I got elected to the city council when I decided to run and then the same thing happened for mayor so here I am Um, Five years, you know, a year into my second term as mayor, and I am just, I never would have envisioned as a young person that this could be my life today, that I could be sitting in the offices of the National League of Cities, this little black girl from Tacoma, and I'm its president. And, and I would have never imagined that, but I cannot tell you how humbling and what an honor it is to be able to serve in this way, um, not just for the city of Tacoma, but now for the state of Washington and the United States. And I, I couldn't be more happy.
0: Wow. What a, what a great story and, and w- what a great journey. Uh, when you think of leaders that you admire, um, what characteristics do they have? And, and has that sort of made you a certain type of leader?
1: Absolutely. I admire a lot of different leaders, but there, it is those characteristics. There's not one leader that I say has it all. But I will say that Harold Moss, um, to me, embodied what real compassionate leadership looks like. Um, I think, um, I tease my mom and I say, you and Harold must have had an affair sometime in, sometime <laughs> in my life, because or sometime in your lives, not mine, because I feel like I was cut from the same cloth of him. It isn't necessarily about what you do what you say it's about what you do and how you behave and and when i met harold his love for people um is the same love i have for people And people doesn't just mean the owner of the restaurant or the CEO of the company. It's about the janitor or the first person that you meet at the front desk. It's about every relationship. And I watched Harold um, exude that year, day after day, year after year, um, when I worked for him. And it was something that I already had in me. And then not just the love of people, but the ability to know that recognizing the greatness in others doesn't take away from the greatness of yourself. and that is okay, like I have no problem. I, I don't care about credit. I just care about getting a job done. And Harold was the same way. It was all about making sure that those people who were involved in whatever the work was, that they got credit for their part in the work. And I think that gives people confidence to step forward and continue to do the work. And so I think those are two qualities that are really important to me, and that's why in my theme, people, partnerships, and possibilities, the first word is people because I believe that it's how we treat people and how we interact with people that can change absolutely anything. So when I think about leaders like Harold Moss, I think about the brilliance that we have in our former mayor, um, and now Congresswoman, Marilyn Strickland. And, and, I, and I think, you know, there are national leaders that I admire, but I'm so blessed in my own city to have people to look up to. I think about the late DeLock Dr. Dolores Silas, um, an African-American woman, the first African-American woman to serve on the city council. Um, And I just think about the way that they led, again, in all humbleness and compassion. And I think those are two qualities that if a leader possesses those qualities, they can do amazing work.
0: So can you talk about maybe some of your proudest moments that you've experienced as
1: mayor? Ooh, I think about five years, there's so much, even in the midst of uh, the, fact, the pure fact that we survived COVID and are, on the, or are hopefully on the other side, that, that's an accomplishment all by itself. Um, when I, and when I say that, I think about the fact that something I'm incredibly proud of as a city is the, is the way we, we pivoted during COVID, right? You used to say telecommute in government and people would look at you like, what are you talking about? We only come to the office and and, and we, we pivoted very quickly and were able to stand up and didn't miss a day of services and supporting our community. I would also say, so, so I'll think of a couple. One, just recently, um, we had the opportunity to appoint a new city council member. Um, one of our council members stepped off and we appointed the first Latina council member in the history of, of the city council. I'm extremely proud that right now, my city council is the most diverse city council we have ever had in the history. We have six women. The majority of my council is women, the most we've ever had is three. On top of that, we have with the majority of our council, five people are people of color. And, and, and I laughed about it at, at, at the conference, but I'm 57, I'm the oldest member of my council. And, and so so just the, the sheer diversity in the council is something I'm extremely proud of. Um, I'm also proud of the fact that I started the city's first youth commission. Um, I, when I was running, I said, you know what? I'm a person who believes that children aren't our future. They're our present, and we have to engage them now and so um, when we it wasn 't just the fact that we formed it, but when we put out applications we were hoping to get twenty and pick you know thirteen to sixteen members. we got over a hundred applications of people who wanted of young people who wanted to serve on the commission and we took them all and allowed them to form um, to form their own commission make their own rules. What I loved about that is they chose their name they wanted to be the mayor 's youth commission um, and so i 'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that um, in Tacoma we launched what we call Shape, um, which is which is a, a collaboration built around housing. It's, it's Shape stands for the South Sound Housing Affordability Partnership. Um, we took all the cities, towns, and villages in my in my county, and we called all the mayors together to talk about affordable housing. We It'd been tried before around homelessness, but we could, didn't really get any traction. So went back and I started working with the county executive, and we pulled together the cities, towns, and villages in Pierce County to have this conversation around around housing and affordable housing and and attainable housing, and so and accessible housing, right? And so we it's now a formal organization. Ninety percent of people are represented by their cities, towns, and villages on in this partnership and so it is now formalized we are making state we're making ask of our state legislators but let me be clear Pierce County is extremely diverse extremely diverse and the fact that we could get that many mayors to come together and agree to work on this together and and I like what our executive says we are a coalition of the willing we don't spend time talking about what we don't agree on. We spend time and energy focused on what we do agree on and pushing that forward. So that's something I'm really proud of. And then finally, if I had to pick just one more thing, I would say, although it's ending this month, I'm really proud of the fact that Tacoma was able to participate in um, Mayors for Guaranteed Income. I'm a founding mayor, um, honored to be a part of that, but even, even more delighted that for the last year... We were able to give $500 a month to 110 families in Tacoma. And I've had an opportunity to hear some of those stories, and it, it has changed the trajectory of people's lives. Um, there's a young father who um, has three sons, single father with three sons, and he's just a little bit over the, the income range to get any assistance. But through this program, he qualified. In the year, he was able to get his son a tutor, they used to spend dinner, They used to sit at the dinner table and argue every night, back and forth with his sons about their homework, and his youngest son was, was struggling, he was failing. With this money, he was able to get his son a tutor, and now everybody loves to come to dinner because they're not arguing over that, and his son is now getting A's and B's. Not only that, in this year's time, because he had a little breathing room and he didn't have to worry about whether it was groceries or his son's tutoring or his other son's medicine, um, he was able to focus at work and take some tests take the right amount of tests to get promotions. And now in January, when he no longer has this extra $500 a month, he's been able to make up some of that income by studying and being promoted at work. So so that only confirms why this is a really good thing for us to take up nationally. So I'm really proud about that and and the other 109 families that we helped.
0: You know, that is so great when you're able to see your work change lives, see your work in. You know, action. And I think that that's what local leaders do every day. They have this vision about what they can do to make their communities better. Now, you're at the national level now, and we're so, so proud again to have you as our president. And uh, we've mentioned uh, this at the top a little bit, but I'd really like to dive in a little bit more um, because during your year as president of NLC, your theme is really focused on people plus partnerships equals possibilities. Break that down for us and, and what does it equate to and, uh, to and mean to you as the president?
1: Um, well, I, as I said earlier, um, the first word is people. Number one, that's who we all are and, and that's who we all serve and 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 it's who we all work with and live with and play with and and celebrate with and 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 cry with right it's about people this work is about people and and so for me, I, when I think about Tacoma, and I think about how great, you know, I always, I say around other mayors, other electeds, I go, I, I'm the mayor of the best city in the universe, and <laughs> they all laugh at me, and I'm like, because I believe that. But what makes my city the best in my mind is not the fact that if you come to Tacoma, and, and, and Clarence, you've been, it's a beautiful yes, city. Beautiful city. Waterfront, mountain, uh, a nice downtown, distinct neighborhoods, good restaurants, um, we have an a, award-winning park system. I mean, we have all the great amenities, we have incredible museums, but that's not enough because if we had all of those things and we had no people, Tacoma would be nothing. So, to me, what makes Tacoma the great city is it that it is, is the people who choose to call it home. And I mean choose because people can choose where they live and they choose to live there. And so, for me, the first thing we have to focus on as electeds is our people. And, and, and I think there are two ways. One, we focus on them in the policy that we set. And two, we focus on them in the policy that we make. Um, because if, I always tell people, if you elected me to have all the answers, you elected the wrong person. Um, you elected me, I hope you elected me because I listen and I can hear from people and I think it's important to engage people in this conversation about their cities and what we're doing. So so again I think it's it's I think it's about you know who we make policy for and who we make policy with. And 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 so and engaging people to do that work. And then it is through engaging those people that we create these partnerships. And I mean partnerships with individuals, but partnerships with our corporate partners, with our nonprofits, you know, with any non-government organization, even with other governments, right? We cannot do this work alone. We cannot save a city. We We can't fix any one issue, and I don't care what the issue is. Call it a pothole. If you know, We can't fix a pothole by ourselves. Number one, we need funding. So we need tax, tax dollars that comes from people. Um, we need support from businesses and others to help get us the materials that will fill that pothole. And then we need the staff at the city to go out and fill the pothole. And I, I simplify it, but it really takes every, it takes a little bit of everybody to get any one thing done. So it is true partnership, true collaboration to me that 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 will allow us to solve any problem um and i also think when we use the expertise as i said you know no one person can solve it alone but when we use the expertise of others in partnership that is when we create not just possibilities but endless possibilities when i think about the last two and a half almost three years now in covid And I think about where we started, and I think about, you know, we'll stop at last June, you know, June of 2022. I think about the unprecedented funding that has come from the federal government to local cities. I think about the infrastructure bill that is now out, um, and the work that NLC is doing to make sure that all cities are included and have access to that. When I think about the JOBS Act, when I think just about all these things that have come out as a at the end of COVID to help cities. We really have unprecedented opportunities, but those opportunities can only be realized when we turn them into possibilities for others. And so for me, as I think about the possibilities, I think about the ability for people to come together to create partnerships and then we have those endless possibilities. And, and, and it almost is a, a circle, right? Because once you get those endless possibilities, it goes back to the people that you serve. And so um, I'm excited about this theme. It seems to resonate with people. Um, and Because I think people think about the work they do in this way. And, and I also think there's something hidden in that theme um, for me, and that is that given the fact it's been a tough three years, that there's still hope, that there's still work for us to do, that there's still ways for us to be successful. And as hard as every day gets, and trust me, I know, (laughs) as you do, there are days I don't want to get out of bed because it's so hard. But I hope this also gives our leaders just a little bit of hope to know that if we we work with people and we build those partnerships, that we are creating endless possibilities.
0: You know, every time I hear you talk about Uh, people, uh, partnerships, and uh, possibilities. That last word just inspires me. It's like always keeping in your heart and mind that no matter where you live, no matter what zip code uh, you live in, there's still possibilities that things will get better and that things will get done in the community. So I am just Excited about you uh, being on the um, the stumping ground and the campaign going around America's cities, towns and villages talking about the possibilities that exist in America right now. So I, I'm just you can tell I, I get excited every time you talk.
1: Look, you, you can see it excites me, too. Oh, so we're, yeah. we're, it's going to be a good year.
0: And I think and I, and I agree with you. It is about partnerships, because if we're going to help people, we got to have those partnerships. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit or ask you to give some advice to local leaders during this tough time. Mm. Uh, Advice on how they can move forward uh, during this tough time of incivility, uh, tough time of trying to tackle tough issues. As the president of the National League of Cities, I want to close this today asking you, What kind of encouragement and advice would you give to municipal leaders during this time in our country?
1: So I'll start by saying in my city, sometimes I'm called a Pollyanna because I am just super optimistic And even in the most difficult times, and you're right, we're facing unprecedented times in our cities with challenges around violent crime and and homelessness and affordability and, and infrastructure. There are just so many needs in our community. And if we allow ourselves to be overcome by all of the stuff that's going on, we then block our opportunity to dream and still believe that we can make a difference. And so um, I tell people, like, how can you smile? I go, because I woke up today and I still have another chance. I still have another opportunity to make things better. And so what, what I would say to leaders as you get up in the morning and you, and you I don't know, you don't necessarily jump out of bed every day because I know sometimes I have to push myself to get out of bed. But as you push yourself to get out of bed and, and you look yourself in the mirror, you're still here and you're here for a purpose and and i believe that no matter what what no matter how you draw on your inspiration for me it is my faith but whatever it is for you draw on that inspiration and know that you woke up another day not just to be here but to do something with the life and the opportunity that you've been given and and then take that in and, and that's pretty powerful in itself, right? That you can smile and go, wow, I am here another day. There's something I got to do. And that alone will motivate you and get you moving. Um, and, and remember, um, you know, what is it they say? It, how, do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Is that, is that the joke? Whatever, right? You're not going to- That's gonna, if you eat elephants. That, 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 yeah, right. If, well, I'll say an <laughs> apple, right? Because we'll, we'll, I don't eat elephants either at Clarence. But- um, but if if you can think of it just a bite-sized piece, what can you do today? It doesn't have to be huge. Sometimes just being present is what your job is for the day. Um, but just remember that, that, that despite, and I know we get a lot of negative. Most people do not write uh, elected officials to tell them what a great job they're doing. If they take the time to write, they're probably telling you something you did wrong or that you didn't, you know, that you didn't get right this time or that you said or that you, you breathed or you wore the wrong color, whatever it is. But know that for every one of those emails, there are 10 people out there who are grateful for the work that you do and believe that. Um, and then just wake up thinking about how can I help, how can I make someone else's life better? today that's why you took this job i know that's why i took this job um and there are people depending on us to deliver on the promises that we made and even if we can't deliver on them all there is still something left in all of us to give to others
0: well let me just on behalf of our listeners subscribers say thank you so much for uh sharing this uh inspirational these inspirational thoughts with us uh, this conversation has really even touched me and inspired me to go into 2023, uh, committed to working uh, on behalf of cities, towns, and villages. It is the people uh, first. That's why elected officials do what they do. And they go to partners, community-based organizations, private sector for solutions. And then we see those possibilities that are going to just change the entire world. We recognize that the most trusted level of government is at the local level. And so I would like to thank the 39th mayor of Tacoma, Washington, for being here, and the president of the National League of Cities uh, for just sharing your story with us, sharing the challenges that we are uh, facing in America's cities, towns, and villages and then inspiring us on how you're going to have a national impact in 2023. So, Mayor, thank you so much for your time. We are excited.
1: Thank you, Clarence. And let me just please say thank you to to you for your leadership um, and to the entire staff at NLC. Um, I I may be the president, but I don't do this work alone. Um, And so I am so grateful that you and your amazing, innovative, smart staff are not just supporting me, but supporting cities, towns, and villages across this nation. And we are so grateful and lucky to have an organization like the National League of Cities um, fighting with us um, to make our communities better. So thank you.
0: Thank you again. And you kicked off 2023 for Cities Speak with Clarence Anthony. So I am excited for you as well. So thank you all. And thank you all for listening today. for listening to city speak with clarence anthony if you like this show let us know share this episode with your friends and make sure to subscribe we're curious to hear what you think what you want more of and how we can improve if you have feedback or an idea for a guest you'd like clarence to sit down with send us your thoughts at city podcast at nlc.org join us next month for a new episode like and subscribe here or wherever you get your podcast see you next time